True long-term thinking is goalless thinking. It's not about any single accomplishment. It's about a cycle of endless refinements and continuous improvement. Ultimately, it's your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. There's a lot of like, you got to watch to get the time motivational speak in there. But I think at the core of it, look at the trees that are going by. Mm -hmm. Measure your progress based on where you were a while ago. I guarantee you, you're going to be a little bit more happy with yourself. Stop looking at what your neighbor is doing because they're on a completely different interstate than you are. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast, a show where a dashingly handsome sounding voice greets your eardrums for a few fleeting moments before three other relatively unimportant people drone on for significantly longer. Oh, I know you'd listen to a podcast featuring my dulcet tones, reading poetry or something for 30 minutes. That'd be a hit. Definitely pitching that as the next Real FM podcast. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, hello. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast. It's a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. Today is episode 71, and here's what we've got on tap for the show this week. Our quote of the week comes from James Clear. Isaac is bringing this to us. It's about making life better without losing your mind. Yes. Mm. We're going to discuss that in just a few moments. Is it just me, or do you get annoyed when someone else Googles something less efficiently than you would? <laughs> Would. We're going to discuss that on the show. This is like wow. a call out to me and Kara. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, I'm not accusing anyone else in this room. <laughs> Panel of experts. Kara is going to be sharing with us about competitive towel folding. Oh, yeah. And then our word of the week this week is the word stuck. A lot of times I feel like we tend to pick words of the week that are fruits of the spirit or maybe one of the like seven deadly sins or something like that. Super serious. And this is an interesting word for us. Stuck. So let's start with what everyone is drinking today. Isaac, what do you got? I have coffee, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper on this. I have a shot in the dark, which is black coffee with a double shot of espresso poured into it. Double shot. You are extreme, my man. It is (laughs) good. I will say, though, the last podcast I came in here freshly off of a Red Bull. Yes. Right. This probably has the same amount of caffeine in it. Okay. As that. But I wow. will say the like physiological effect <laughs> is not near what Red Bull is. And I actually really appreciate that. Yeah. This is more of a good. crisp wake up. The Red Bull was like, I was ready to fight this table in front of me. Like <laughs> the coffee this week was a better decision. There's something unnatural about the energy Red Bull gives you. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, with a double shot today. That's yes. good. Just hot bean juice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. Carol, what you got? I have a cinnamon dolce latte nice. going indulgent today because it's it's raining and dreary and mm. it just sounded good. Yes. You yeah. always bring the fancy drinks. I do. I like it. I'm just doing water today because you may be able to tell my throat suffering just a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not fancy like Kara, so I don't know the <laughs> kinds of things I need to make when I have a sore throat. You know. Like, I'm sure I could talk to you. <gasps> you, and could. you could probably for offer sure. me about 72 different I, <laughs> options. Like, this would be the perfect remedy for We actually sore throat. have some tea in the building. Okay. Yeah. okay. We have two different kinds of tea in the building. One is called throat coat. Yep. And that would be good for you. And the other one we actually got from an artist this week, Loose Leaf Tea, that she sent that's specifically a blend that's supposed to be for singers. But uh-huh. also, I think for people who talk for a living, it's supposed to be I like how voice. you just offhandedly said, Kara could probably fix it. And Kara <laughs> is fixing Sorry. it. That was totally my, what am I drinking today? Hand it over to and Kara. Throw the ball say, to Kara. You should her this. identify what I should be drinking. So <laughs> Why don't we do that for every segment? Uh, just, we, can just, <laughs> Go. we can just brew some of that up a little bit later for me. Yeah. And that'll be work. great. I can do that. Let's talk about what's on repeat. Pete this week. I've got Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Heat waves been faking me out. So first of all, love the name Glass Animals. That mm-hmm. instantly got me peaked on, oh, what is this? I've got to hear these guys. Yeah. I don't know what it specifically is about this song, but in like 2010, 11, I was listening to MGMT a lot, that sort of pop electronic mm-hmm. music. This just makes me feel so nostalgic for that time. Mm. It's not necessarily a song that like I go really deep with, but I just feel really good listening to that song. Like I had a, mm. kind of just a busy, crazy night last night and had my window down while I was driving around town listening to that song. And it nice. just felt really good. Yeah, so. that's a good one. I like it, too. Do you? Yeah. This is one of those songs that is on the mainstream top 40 
charts right now. Yeah. And it is one of those alt pop songs mm-hmm. that just breaks through every yeah. once in a while and mm-hmm. makes it to mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more on the alt side than a lot of the pop charts, but it is really good. Very chill yeah. Kind yeah. Of vibes as yeah. you're like cruising around or doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. It is. So I'm I doing do a lot of the sound. night walks with my dog too. And uh, I have this yeah. like mm. pseudo 80s movie playlist that I kind of do. And this is now on it because nice. this feels good. There's something about like a chill song for a walk yeah. when the weather's kind of mild and mm. stuff that like feels right. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I am listening to Come Back Home by Lauren Daigle and P.D. Martin. This one was a fresh find a few weeks ago. Well, it's been longer than a few weeks, actually. It's probably been a month or so, but I've circled back around to it, come back home to it, if you will. I love Lauren Daigle. I know that's kind of a, un, maybe it's uncool to like her because she's like so popular and stuff, but I just love her. I love her voice. I love her personality. Listen to a podcast recently where she talked about going through this season of the pandemic. She's like a pretty intense extrovert mm. and went from like touring in massive auditoriums all the time yeah. to like nothing. So she had a a little bit of a crisis of identity and faith in the middle of this pandemic. And uh, this song, I think she actually wrote this before the pandemic and then came back to it and was like, oh, that's that's actually perfect. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just really like it. I like it lyrically, musically. Got P.D. Martin in there as well for a little bonus. He's on a, another recent. Fresh yeah, it's Fine, the same right? guy that did the Matoma and Wilder Woods yes. Keep It Simple song. That's what I was thinking. And they do okay. sound, they're yeah. kind of in the same genre dance remix vibe to them. Another reason I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting about the touring thing though yeah because that makes a lot of sense i hadn't really thought about that but i could see how for an artist yeah going from go 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 to do absolutely nothing would be a really big shift exactly especially one that's as high energy like she is kind of like your new dog (laughs) (laughs) i picture (laughs) all right well my on repeat this week is just want you from sarah reeves I've admitted it before on the show that I'm a bit of a Sarah Reeves stan or yeah. simp or whatever word the internet would want to use to describe that. Yeah. I am a big Sarah Reeves fan. She has the perfect voice. She's it's great. angelic and amazing. It is, it is very good. And I have, wow. yeah. yes, admitted to my wife that I have a bit of a crush on her musically. Hey, okay. It's okay. Yeah, she has such a good voice. Yes. And this is a song that I actually wrestled with for quite a while as to whether or not it would be a good fit for Real FM. Really? Because it's a very slow, soft, down-tempo song. There's barely a drum beat. It's mm. very worship ballady, And yet, it's by far her most listened to, most popular song that she's yeah. done. Interesting. Um, I think just because of the power of the lyrics and sometimes these slow ballad songs, mm-hmm. the emotion you can infuse into them yeah. uh, without even a drum beat mm-hmm. is kind of incredible when you have the right words, the right melody. And I feel like that's this song. The depth of the lyrics and the orchestral arrangement of it there's a lot of like strings and things going on in there the funny thing is they actually released a pop remix of this song specifically for radio because they knew hey we have a hook here but we know it's a down tempo song Mm -hmm. so here's an upbeat pop remix of it and i listened to it and it wasn't bad but it just didn't have the same kind of emotional weight as the original we actually are playing the original non-radio song we're the ogs we've played like a couple songs like this we played the down tempo valleys version of hills and valleys by torn wells which is very like piano ballady kind of song but i feel like every once in a while there's just a song like that that just really works yeah despite not having the traditional radio tempo and this is one of those songs it's really good words are in my not so humble opinion our most inexhaustible source of magic. The quote of the week. Now it's time for a quote of the week, serving up a nugget of wisdom to snack on and maybe a chicken fry or two because I've had... Mm. Oh, a chicken fry. I had chicken fries again recently. I hadn't had them since I was like 14. <laughs> still, Where from? They still hold up Burger King. I was going to yeah. say, that's gonna a say, Burger I, King thing, I think thing, that's right? what they do, right? Yeah. I think that's like the only people that ever <laughs> decided that they would do that abomination of food. Yeah. Are they basically yeah. chicken nuggets shaped more oblong? Like a stick? Or chicken are they sticks? like chicken tenders that are smaller? <laughs> they have the consistency of a nugget, but okay. they're just long. They're so stick. they're like... <laughs> They're skinny. Yeah. Chicken nuggets in the shape of fish sticks, basically. Yeah. There chicken sticks. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrong in, with that? in case I'm sounding like I'm denigrating you're it, on or board. That I'm putting yeah. you 
down. That's yeah. not the case at all. They, they, they're good. Okay. They're really good. I'm not above that. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to preface this with a little bit of the backstory on it. The pandemic is kind of on the side where mm-hmm. it feels like we're in this relaunching phase. We're coming out of this hibernation. Yeah. I think I'm using this time sort of intentionally to see how I want to come back into the world, my re-entry into mm-hmm. seeing people again mm-hmm. yeah. and what habits I want to pick up and refine myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. I don't know if you guys have read this book. No, I've um, heard of it, but I haven't read it. It's really good. And the concept of marginal gains is very important in this. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily start your new diet that you're going to have forever today. It's mm. maybe just, hey, let's go slow. And I think mm. this quote surmises it pretty well. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but the votes build up. And so does the evidence of your new identity. Wow. And I like that because it takes the pressure off of changing overnight and more mm. just like, hey, take a step in the direction of the person you want to be. And right. I've kind of have this list, not a really hard line thing, but I just kind of have this improved version of Isaac that I am striving for. Mm. So I'm trying to take steps in that direction. I like now. that. I like that way of looking at it. It does take the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. The word that comes to mind to me as you talk about that is sustainability. Yeah. Yes. Right. I feel like any time that we are striving for change or improvement or looking to do something differently, mm-hmm. like figuring out how to do that in a sustainable way is the hardest part. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because anybody can start some drastic new habit or activity yeah. or attitude in their life. And you can do that for a day yeah. or maybe a week or maybe a month or whatever the time frame may be, but trying to hold on to that thing and yeah. continue it and build it into your character, make it part of you. That's a much, much harder thing to overcome because we almost always get to this kind of breaking point with those Mm -hmm. things where we go like, this is really hard and I'm not sure I can keep up with it. I don't know about you, Isaac, but at least for me, like when I have kind of an idea in my mind of like, I'm here at point A and I want to Mm -hmm. get to point B, my temptation is always to rush that and go like, I want to get there as quickly as possible because I want to see and feel the progress. I want to get that hit, that rush of knowing that I've Mm. made progress in this area. So I'm going to just go for it. And I think sometimes when we do that, we get overwhelmed. We yeah. trip at some point along the way. Yeah. And then we go like, ah, it all fell apart. I, I had failed. It's right? like we try to yeah. cash the checks that we wrote during our manic phase. Where we're like, <laughs> yeah, I can do this for sure all the time. Yeah. My, my 4 a.m. run is going to be something I do every day. Yeah. And then yeah. day four, you're like, this is not this happening is yeah. again. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned that lesson now on things like, I don't know, some of the stereotypical stuff, like maybe dieting or... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. exercise. I think these lessons are really important. But I think to bring it back to this quote, he's talking about every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Habits in terms of the way that we treat people or Mm -hmm. the way I interact with others. Some of these things that maybe are a little more subtle than like new vegan diet. I feel like in some ways, those subtle things might be even harder to do what you're talking about and to have patience with yourself Mm. because it's even harder to see the progress that's being made over time. Right. At least with like a diet, you have like measurable things, metrics that you can take a look at. I dropped a pound. But when you're talking about treating Mm. other people with kindness, how do you quantify that? It's very intangible. If I'm not making substantial progress, I can barely even tell that I'm making any right until I maybe look back on it. That's a good point because it's so hard to quantify that. It's very intangible. It's a little ephemeral, but with this sort of routine, there's an element of taking stock of what's happened on the daily basis and sort of starting the day with here's what happened yesterday that I'm very proud of that Mm. I made progress in. Like one of my things on this list that I'm looking at is I want to be a person who's warm and inviting to new relationships Mm. and maintaining my current relationships. That involves literally like sending a text and checking in on people and arranging like a hangout. That's something that I am not great at. So I'm working on it. Is it just me or it's probably just a case of the Mondays? Am I right? Is it just me is where we remind each other that no, you're not a total weirdo alien for that one thing. So here's mine for this week. Is it just me or do you get annoyed when someone else Googles something less efficiently <laughs> than you would? He's saying this isn't about us. I'm not so sure. yeah. The fact that I type www and then try to go in the search bar where that's uh, just Google. Yeah. I, I know that I would probably drive you crazy. That's this is kind of wild, but Googling stuff 
is a really important skill in our day and age. Like, yeah. It's kind of crazy that how important crazy. of a skill that has become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But being able to find what you're looking for on the internet, Quickly. I think actually is an important skill. That's a good Because point. we do it all the time. We yeah. spend a lot of time trying to do this. And the internet has so much information on it mm-hmm. that trying to actually narrow in on useful information mm-hmm. that both answers your question and is like a reliable source yep. is actually really, really difficult. There's this funny website that you've probably seen before that's like, let me Google that for you. Yep. <laughs> a lot of times when people ask you a question in like a group chat or something like that, and you're like, you know what, I would just Google this for you. So you you send them this website, yeah. let me yeah. Google that for you. And it literally like has an animation where the little <laughs> mouse goes up to the Google bar and like types it in for them and clicks the button. Yep. That's funny. It's a passive aggressive way of saying yeah, like, like just used Google yeah. to ask yeah. your question. I'm not Google. I'm not Alexa. <laughs> yeah. And I totally get that. But then what I realize is when I tell people, you know what, you could just Google that. And then they start to. And then I sometimes like come back and I'm like, no, but- yeah, no, actually, I am going to do that for you because you have <laughs> no idea what doing you're doing. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. So what like, is the right way to Google something? See, and that's the thing is like, it's even hard. <laughs> you can't it's quantify a, it's it. It's a nebulous skill that's ah, hard to quantify. It's like asking what the best way to walk is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you ha- it's like a very intuitive process for me. Okay. These are the keywords that I'm looking for. These are words that would divert me away from what ah. I'm trying to get to. You don't type full sentences into Google or like full questions, like right. you're finding the appropriate keywords, knowing <laughs> when to apply quotation marks to like certain things oh, to narrow in on wow. a phrase is super important. <laughs> See, this is like, I'm, I'll go through my Googles here real quick. Okay. Yeah. Dog tug on walk. <laughs> so okay. like my thing was my dog is tugging right on our walks. Yeah. So I need to find why, why and what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find what you were looking for with that search or not? Yeah, kind of. There's yeah. a lot okay. of like leash ads and stuff, but yeah. Right. This- yeah. I don't think that's like a bad one. Tug might not be the right word. because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Because that's a word that's probably less likely to be used than pull. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. Like figuring out like, all right, which, which word is most likely to be used by someone who's experiencing the same problem I am. I just did my Google drop down. So I have on here glass animals, heat waves, which is the uh-huh. song yeah, right yeah. About. Steve Harvey, hyena. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, I had pictures of hyenas this morning. No, this is, honestly, it probably came about primarily as a conversation between me and my wife. Because uh-huh. my wife and I talk about this all the time. And she would tell you that she feels like she is not as good of a Google searcher as I am. Yeah. And so whenever we're trying to find something, she always <laughs> defers to me. Yeah. She's like, can you find information about this thing? Right. Because she just ends up getting really frustrated really quickly yes. by feeling like I'm trying to search through like all of these yeah. different websites and I can't find the answer. Yeah. I would say solving tech problems is the primary arena where we run yeah. into this, yes. where she's like, experiencing some sort of issue with her computer yep. and she's really frustrated by it and probably because she's already frustrated to start with yeah. yes. when she starts searching for it and doesn't immediately find the solution yeah she gets really angry really quickly yeah. Yeah. and then she just starts like <laughs> anger searching <laughs> yeah where like she, starts, like she lets her emotion get like yeah. into her google search and she's like stupid computer yeah work terrible like <laughs> Bad anger. And I'm like, you're not going to find what you're looking for. I think it'd be hard to do that because like, especially tech and stuff, because you need to understand what's wrong. And if you understood what's wrong, you wouldn't have to Google how to fix it anyway. That's true. I mean, a lot of times, like I do try to Google those things to figure out like what the solution is. But I do have a head start on knowing what might be wrong. And that does get you quite a ways down the path. So I'm going to formally ask you to give me all of Dree's anger Google. (laughs) We should like compile them into a motivational graphic or something. That would be pretty good. That sounds amazing. Dumb computer slow. Exactly. (laughs) I think the last component of this honestly has something to do with my desire to have control. Uh, Right. And so it's kind of like when you get in a car, are you the person that wants to drive? or that wants to sit in the passenger seat. Yeah. Yeah. Like most people I feel like are one or the other. Mm -hmm. You're like, honey, you drive. I'm happy to let you do it. I would rather just ride along. And then there are other people that are like, I trust my ability Uh to drive more than anybody else's. Uh And therefore I want to have control of the wheel and control of where we're going. And Mm -hmm. if a problem arises, (laughs) I trust in my ability to 
to solve the problem, right? Yeah. And if and you're I, in the passenger seat, you're going to let the other person know you're not doing it. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so people, it's better for everyone yeah. if you're in the driver's seat. Exactly. So I think like for me, <laughs> yeah. being in the driver's seat has a lot yeah. to do with this. And I'm okay. like, all right, if we're going to try to figure something out here, we're going to Google a problem. We're going to try to solve something. I would rather be in the driver's seat yes. and kind of direct where we're going because I trust in my ability to get there. <laughs> panel of experts. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Now it is time for a panel of experts. They said we could be anything, so we decided to become experts on everything. And today, the expertise is all about towels. Yes. So ready, ready for this? So much towel expertise. Yes, here we go. Hello and welcome to Towel Talk, a show that, believe it or not, really (laughs) is all about towels. Joining us today is uh, Terry Tossel, competitive towel folder, and Grover Gromit, an unexpected newcomer in the towel world who has taken it by storm with his unconventional methods and ideas. (laughs) Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you for having us on. It's It's great to be here. Thanks. Honor to have you. So we asked our listeners to submit their most pressing questions about towels. So we're going to just go ahead and dive right into mm. those. Teresa from Ohio says, my in-laws are coming to stay for the first time since COVID started. And of course, I want to make a good impression. So should I go with the Windsor or the Devonshire fold? Mm. Please help. Yes. Now, Terry, you tend to favor the traditional in your competitions. Mm-hmm. And so you would be probably most familiar with this. Can you explain the primary difference between the Windsor and the Devonshire fold? Absolutely. These are both two very traditional, timeless techniques. And so I don't know that you could go wrong with either one of them. But I do think that for the novice towel folder, the Windsor is probably the best approach. Ah. You're actually folding the towel lengthwise first, and then you're doing a bit of a, a twist. You twist and fold at the same time. I don't know if you've ever had any of those uh, panels that you put up in the front of your car oh, yes, to yes. keep the sun out of your dashboard. Uh-huh. It's that kind of motion uh. with the towel. It can be a little bit confusing the first couple attempts, but once I you see. get the feel for the Windsor down, it becomes a very robotic movement. I see. And it's something that you can do very quickly and efficiently. Very oh. good for beginners once you get that twisting motion down. Nice. The second option, the... um, The Devonshire. The Mm -hmm. Devonshire, yes. That one is a little more complex. (laughs) This obviously comes from Western Europe. This one gets a little bit tricky because you're actually folding the towel into a triangle fold. I would would say it's kind of similar to a flag folding technique. I see. And any time that you leave the four corners method and go down to three, that is getting a little more complicated. Now, this is a technique that I favor in my competitions. Yes. Um, Because of its very tight, neat, and crisp lines. But I would say for someone who's a a beginner, that one is a little bit tougher. Definitely would encourage you to learn it. Yes. Um, But that's the thing, honestly, with any fold, it's all about reps. You have to get your reps in every single day to practice these folds so that they become second nature to you. Without experience and repetition, any fold is going to be difficult, Kara. That's very good. Thank you, Terry, for that. Grover, I'm curious what your advice would be for Teresa, especially given that you're recent rise to fame was the result of a late night TikTok towel folding marathon. Yeah. So I would tell Teresa that it's all about thread count when you're looking at towels. If Ah, you're going for speed or accuracy, I prefer the speed end because listen, if we're doing competitive towel folding, you've got a stack that you've got to get through. (laughs) I typically start off with a nice terry cloth towel. Ah. I blow through it with my New Jersey wrist flick technique Ah. where you get the towel in one hand, you flick it down. However that towel ends, that's how the rest of the stack is going to be folded. Listen, Ah. we're going for raw efficiency on this. I don't even think the Windsor is necessary. I like the slap flap. Yeah. You actually flip the towel once, slap it on your lap, fold again, toss it on the ground. That's what we're going to work with with those heavier towels. Okay. You've got to have strong arm dexterity, but I think she's going to be happy with the results. Okay. Thank you very much. Very interesting, Grover. Now, Terry, how would you respond to this question from Ben in Ontario who wrote recently, my wife and I recently got into a huge fight about how to fold towels Mm. and uh, she said I was doing it wrong and I told her there's no right way. She then proceeded to show me a video of you at the National Towel Folding Convention. Dude, what are you trying to do to us? There's no way that level of perfection is 
attainable for normal human beings. Uh, I can understand the sentiment because it does take a lot of practice to fold a yeah. towel correctly, but there absolutely is a right way and a wrong ah, way to fold towels. Okay. And if you're not doing it the right way, you're <laughs> doing it the wrong way. My way is the right way, as I've proven through my numerous medals, victories, and other towel-related achievements ah. over the last 20 years. You can take the more postmodern approach of flinging towels on your lap or on the floor, <laughs> but ultimately, those crisp, clean lines with a perfectly manicured stack of folded ah. towels, there's nothing that beats that, Kara. Any other modern technique, you're going to end up with some sort of wobbly mess of towels that is threatening to fall over in your mm. closet. Yes, there's a lot of work and dedication that's required on the front end to learn to fold a towel correctly. But once you get it, honestly, I'm not sure there's anything that will bring more joy to your life. Oh, strong words. Well, Grover, you've been an inspiration to many young people just learning about this new art form. What sets you apart from people like Terry? Well, I think that I break from the traditional path of having those clean lines and that boring structure. We're well past and more evolved as people. We're going to have our towels reflect our lives. And I think <laughs> the force of throwing it on the ground as hard as you can and yeah. screaming, fold towel! <laughs> I really like that. I like the release that that gives you. Every gotcha. single time you do it, your neighbors are going to hear you. Ah, They're going to know you're folding. Nice, nice. They're going to get in on that action. <laughs> it's something that builds community. And I think that when we embrace the messiness of life and we actually go in for it, flick that wrist as hard as you can and you get the towel down there. I think it just brings so much joy. Okay. That's a very interesting perspective. Now, Terry, having been in this business for a while, do you feel at all threatened when you see newcomers like Grover coming onto the scene? And do you think we're in need of some fresh perspective? You know, I appreciate the fact that there is fresh perspective coming into the scene, but no, I, I do not feel threatened <laughs> by someone who flings towels on the floor <laughs> while yelling the word fold. I appreciate that there are people who would like to get into towel folding and this may be a gateway for them. People will quickly realize as they experiment with some of these newer methods that there are better and worse ways to fold a towel. And so, no, I, I don't feel threatened by these newer methods. In fact, I encourage them. I'm glad that people are getting into towel folding, especially young people. But I do think over time, people may evolve their towel folding techniques from some of these newer methods into the more traditional way of doing things, because ultimately that's going to bring order and joy to their towel folding experience. Interesting. All right. Well, Terry Grover, we will both be watching your career unfold, if you will. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. Without much further ado, I give you the word of the week. All right, now it is time to discuss our Word of the Week. Our Word of the Week discussion is like a perspective potluck, but with words and ideas instead of chocolate mint brownies. Oh, Interesting. Love. How do you feel about mint? Love. You uh, run into the danger Isaac's making a face. of it <laughs> tasting toothpastey. And I think that I've had one that did taste a little toothpastey before, but I'm never going to say no to a brownie. Okay. You hand me some. That's going in my mouth. I make some good chocolate mint brownies. I would love I'm to try saying. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. I have had them. Yeah, I love the mint and the brownie. I don't yeah, know. It's something good. about that. It okay. works. Yeah. It's a good one. Good stuff. Let's talk about the word stuck right off the bat. When you hear the word stuck, is there like a mental picture or some sort of metaphor that pops yeah. into your mind yep. for the word stuck? I'm going to share mine first, then I'll let you guys go. Yeah. The one for me is I'm looking at a word document need to write like a blog post or maybe a paper back when I was in school or something mm -hmm. like that. And I'm watching that stupid little cursor <laughs> blink yeah. in and out on blink, a blank blink. word document and going, yeah. I don't know what words to mm -hmm. say. Right. Oh, yeah. like it's at the very beginning when you're just trying to get started and you're trying to get the ball rolling yes. and there's just nothing. And you just yeah. sit there and you stare at that cursor. You switch to a different window. Yeah. You like look at Facebook and Twitter for a little bit and you then come you back come to back. the cursor. It's still blinking still there, there, just taunting you. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of the word stuck. How about you guys? That's a good one. You know, those videos where there's like a wild animal caught in like a barbed wire fence mm. or in one of them was like an owl caught in some sort of netting. Yeah, and, like, I think I saw one one time there was like a deer that had like Christmas lights like stuck in yes, its antlers or yes. something crazy. These yeah. are like all over the place and Facebook feeds them to me all the time because <laughs> they know that I can't resist. So. Care an animal in distress. <laughs> animal in distress and watch someone rescue them. Yay! <laughs> They're completely stuck. Yeah. But they are like panicked stuck. And so they're thrashing around, making themselves more stuck. Yeah. And they can't 
extricate themselves without outside help. Yeah. But like ah. the closer the outside help comes, the more they freak out. Right. But right, eventually right, yeah. like they have to let them they just wear themselves out. They do. And eventually have to accept help. But uh, that's what I think of. Yeah, I, that's a good one, too. I like that. Yeah. I sometimes feel like a deer I, with me. Christmas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you feel stuck. What do you think causes that feeling for you more often than not? Oh, like causes it? Yeah. Like I, I can think of like what it looks like when I'm in it. I OK, think let's I, start yeah. there then. What are some of the signs that are kind of evidence to you? Mm. Of like, OK, I'm in this place. I'm feeling stuck. For me, it's a combination of ignored notifications. So like when mm. I'm ignoring texts and messages and phone calls and mm. stuff, mm. that's kind of an indicator of yeah. not doing great, kind of stuck. And then also like when I picture stuck, I'm in a messy room ignoring everything. Mm. That's like my I'm getting nothing done. I'm stuck. So ignoring things yeah. or maybe putting off responsibilities. Procrastination. Procrastinating. Yeah. Is there something that you then procrastinate to you mm. replace what you should oh. be doing with something else good question i'll go out and just sit outside <laughs> like I'll, okay. change, yeah. I'll change the environment like i will get distance between me and the activity that i should be doing or i need to do mm -hmm. i will create physical distance like i will leave my phone in the house and i'll go mm. walk or ride my bike and i'll trick myself and be like it's great that i'm doing this when gotcha. <laughs> the work is piling up and i need to go back and do it but i'm just physically away from so it. So physically separating yourself from whatever is mm. kind of giving you that feeling. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. How about you, Kara? I think what happens is I go really quiet. Like yeah. I isolate inwardly. If I'm feeling stuck and not able to work through something inside and usually it's an emotional something and I'm like, yeah, I'm just wrestling it in circles in my head, then usually I'll get real quiet and withdrawn. Yeah. I think that that's what it is. Makes sense. I yeah. honestly feel both of those. I feel like yeah. those yeah. are both things that mm -hmm. I do. Maybe even there's kind of like this vague hope that someone else will just figure it out for me without me asking. Uh -huh. Yeah. Like <laughs> and that doesn't usually seem to work very well either. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but, that's a huge lesson to learn yeah. as you get older is like yeah. you have to communicate what you need from you have, people. You have to use words. Like it's not not fair for you to expect them to just intuitively know. Right. That's, that's a big deal. And both of these things that you're describing are withdrawing yeah. kind uh, of behaviors. techniques, right? We're saying like, I want to remove myself from the problem. I want to turn myself inward. Yeah. I yeah. want to get into my little cocoon and like safe space yeah. and disappear away yeah. from the problem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to create space, I think, from a problem that's causing us trouble. That's not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. But at some point we have to return to it. When when we're isolating ourselves both from the problem and from people who might be able to help us solve the problem mm -hmm. at that point probably we're being unproductive generally speaking yeah mm -hmm. i think that being stuck in that sense of unproductivity maybe mm. a depressive episode that is like my number one fear really like there's nothing that scares me more than this concept of stuck as this permanent place wow. to be in and i think that that fuels a lot of motivation to kind of like always keep the gerbil wheel going. I have this concern that I've got to make hay while the good energy is here because uh, around the corner, there might be a divot that mm -hmm. becomes a big car wreck. When we did word of the week this week for stuck, I was like, oh, we can go deep on this yeah. because I can think of times where a long depressive episode happened mm -hmm. and I never want that again. Mm -hmm. So I think that I do a lot to avoid that entirely. And I think in an unproductive way. For me, what feeds being stuck mm -hmm. is overthinking that then turns into analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like only able to think about the thing and yeah. I get stuck, not able to decide what the thing is. And so then I don't take action. And mm -hmm. that's probably when the withdrawing happens. Right. Like yeah. That's stuck that in that the leads to that right, kind of and, internal focus. Right. And you're kind of like, I don't know what to do. I can't figure this out, but I just keep going in circles. It sounds like we just identified that both of your guys' potential responses to feeling stuck are similar and that they're both kind of withdrawal mm -hmm. behaviors. Yeah. But I also think there's maybe a key difference here mm -hmm. in that what you're describing, Kara, is very much like an overthinking kind of response. Mm -hmm. When I start to feel stuck, I'm going to grapple with it until I am so paralyzed yeah. that I don't even know what to do because like, I'm yeah. going to engage with it. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to engage with it so much and so repetitively and so obsessively yeah. that all of a sudden now I'm just going in circles around and around the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas it sounds like, Isaac, yours is almost the opposite of that. I, I like you're saying, like, I'm not going to overthink it. Like right. I'm going to get as far away yeah. from it as, as I possibly possible. can. I take contemplativeness of mm -hmm. my being stuck as getting stuck. Does that make oh, sense? Like I wow. will worry that if I try to wrestle with it, 
all that'll do is slow me down and leave me vulnerable. Oh, wow. Because it's so tempting to like dip a foot in the pool of do nothing. Like (laughs) I worry that I'll just fall in and I won't be able to get back out. And that's in so many different areas. So you kind of overcompensate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's shut brain off and just keep moving forward. And I I think I rob myself of a lot when I do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, probably the thing that contributes most to feeling like I'm stuck is unrealistic expectations. Like I tend to think about my goals in a certain area and the thing that I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm not measuring up to those expectations, I think I'm stuck even when I'm actually not. That's, yeah. Uh, and so I know I've talked about running a lot on the show because yeah. that's a hobby of mine, but I think this is yeah. a really good example of this. I will set a goal for how fast I want to run a given race, right? So yeah. I'm going to run a 10K and I want to be able to run it in under 50 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my most recent record was to run it in 54 minutes. Yeah. And so I train, I train for months, several months at a time. I just ran a 10K like last week and I ran it in 52 minutes. And so I ran it two minutes faster than I've ever run which one is ever lot. before, That's great. which yeah. is an improvement, but it also didn't reach my goal. Uh-huh. Right. And so then I go, uh, I've plateaued or oh, Ugh, no. I'm stuck. Like, yeah. cause right. I, I worked for months and I wasn't able to reach my goal. Yeah. And then in my head that becomes a like, Oh, I'm, I'm on a plateau or I'm stuck. I got to figure out how to get over this hump. Yeah. Interesting. When, if I actually like go back and evaluate the last three months, like I've made measurable improvement. Right. It's right there in black and white. I have improved. Yeah. And yet I don't feel like I've improved because I haven't improved to the degree that I wanted wow. to improve. Yeah. Right. Because being stuck by definition is like standing still. Right. right? And so right. you're moving forward. You're not stuck, but you feel like you're stuck. I think that's an important thing. A lot of times it's, this is about our perspective and mm-hmm. our, like you said, our expectations is yeah. huge when we feel stuck in life. It's like, well, I am this age. And I do not have a home yet. I right. am behind. I am stuck. I cannot figure out what to do. And it's like, who who said that that was the rule? Like, right. who decided that that is how this had to be? Who's yeah. the standard from which I'm comparing myself to? Right. Because like, when did we agree that we were supposed to have all of these boxes checked? And right. can't we admit that progress is nonlinear in a yeah. lot of ways? Like you can be in this phase where you're not moving as quickly. But mm-hmm. I think as long as you're making small adjustments, like I'm saying marginal gains like that. Yes. I love that mm-hmm. this is overlapping with yes. me reading Atomic Habits because yeah. I'm over here like, yes, this makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, like not comparing yourself. And I think that we only have tools to compare ourselves yeah. because we have social media, internet, movies, television, oh, like yeah. everything. Uh, you watch the Avengers, you're yeah. going to feel like you're a oh, gosh. globby, inactive <laughs> yeah. gob of goo. Uh, yeah. like, he has an eight pack <laughs> and I, I'm like 170 pounds soaking wet. That's, uh-huh. You're going to feel bad about yourself because yeah. you're comparing yourself. Yeah. The metaphor that it makes me think of is being on the interstate you're in the right lane and maybe you get behind a truck or like a slow car and there's people like zooming by you in the left lane you feel stuck right you're like i'm stuck in the right lane i can't get over to the left lane i can't see around this truck i can't get around it that's good but you're still traveling 60 miles an hour yeah like you're just not traveling 80 yeah right yeah we have these like expectations of like i should be traveling 80 miles an hour if i'm not going this speed it's going to take me too long to get there i'm going to get behind other people are going that speed. Why like, can't I? Right. And yeah. so this like feeling I'm stuck, I'm not moving when you're actually moving very fast. Yeah. That's right? really good. But when you're looking over at other cars going by you and you're not paying mm-hmm. attention to the trees that are whipping by still, yeah. even at the speed you're going, yep. you start to think like I'm not moving or I'm standing still mm-hmm. when you're not. Perspective has a lot to do with it. Like what are we comparing ourselves to? Mm-hmm. What are we measuring our progress against? Right. Because when we're measuring our progress against unrealistic expectations, mm-hmm. that is going to lead us to a feeling of getting stuck much, much more quickly. Yeah. I love this quote from James Clear. He says, true long-term thinking is goalless thinking. It's not about any single accomplishment. It's about a cycle of endless refinements and continuous improvement. Ultimately, it's your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like, you got to watch to get the time motivational (laughs) speak in there. But Mm -hmm. I think at the core of it, it's kind of like you're saying, Anson, look at the trees that are going by, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. measure your progress based on where you were a while ago. I guarantee you, you're going to be a little bit more happy with yourself because you're moving forward. Stop looking at what your neighbor is doing because they're Mm -hmm. on a completely different 
interstate than you are. Yeah. Yeah. One other aspect of it is patience. Understanding that work takes time and that progress takes time. Yeah. We are a culture that we talk about instant results and fast food and getting whatever we want whenever we want it. Like, yeah, there's definitely a reality to all of those cliches. We kind of trick ourselves into thinking if I am to be making progress in a thing, it should happen relatively quickly. And when we start talking about taking a long term view of things, that gets really, really hard because a long term view of something by nature, that means the progress is going to happen more slowly. It's going to be incremental. It's going to be step by step. That's harder to see. And I also wonder if part of that has to do with worrying about how other people perceive Mm -hmm. us, not just what our perspective is. Right. So what am I looking at? What am I measuring myself by? But I'm also thinking about what are other people looking at with me? How are other people measuring me. Right. And so if I'm perceiving I'm falling behind these other people, other people are going to look at me and say, Anson isn't keeping up with X, Y, or Z, or Anson is falling behind. Anson's been talking about how he's going on a weight loss journey or something, but I don't really (laughs) see much of a difference yet. So I wonder how that's going or, you know, this kind of perspective of like, if I don't make quick discernible progress, other people aren't going to see this in me. And that's going to make me feel self-conscious about the way other people view me. I am not a sports person, so I don't know why I'm thinking of this in sports terms, but I keep thinking about the concept of like the off season and how people train in the off season. Mm. And I think if you're feeling stuck, good, because that means you're looking around critically and thinking about what changes need to be made. Serious growth can happen once you are allowing yourself to slow down. I'm talking to myself primarily here. Mm -hmm. Once you allow yourself to slow down and maybe say like, okay, what is being stuck look like? Mm. What can I do to improve here? You can probably get some good insight as to what you need to change. Training during the off season is a good thing. That's interesting. And sitting still is not the same thing as being stuck. Yeah. It's important to stop and sit still and evaluate once in a while. And that's not the same thing as being stuck. But I know that's what your fear is. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's important to hear for people like you. Like it's yeah. okay to sit still once in a while and mm-hmm. evaluate and look around and take a break and say, what do I really want? Am I pursuing this thing that I want or am I just pursuing it because I'm afraid of being stuck? What is the actual thing that I'm moving towards and is it what I want to be moving towards? Yeah. One of the things that can be so frustrating is it sure feels like God is a God of waiting. He does a <sighs> A lot of waiting and a lot of moving very slowly, it seems to us. Jesus, he didn't even start his ministry until he was 30 years old. He spent three years doing this ministry instead of just jumping straight to the end. He spent all of this time building up to that. There was a period of time where he's saying, like, don't tell anyone what I'm doing. Right. He's kind of doing it Mm -hmm. underground and not showing his progress to other people. God resting on the seventh day. God telling other people to hold their horses. Wait on on me. Hold on. It's not time. Yet, 40 for years the right in the wilderness. I, w- right. I was just thinking 40 years. Yeah, I'm thinking about Abraham. I don't remember when it was that he was promised descendants like the stars. And then he had his first child at what, like 90 or something right. crazy. He had to wait a long time, a long time to even see the very beginnings of the fulfillment of exactly. that promise. So this idea that we always have to be moving, I think can be dangerous mm-hmm. too. Like, yes, we want to be making that incremental progress that Isaac's been talking about, but also there are times where we have to be willing to accept that there are periods of patience and waiting in life and that patience and waiting are not necessarily the same thing as being being stuck. stuck. I think one thing that's important to note in this discussion that you brought up, Isaac, and makes me think of others like you who may experience this fear of being stuck. I think maybe there's some shame associated with that because we value so much drive and accomplishment and feeling stuck feels like the worst possible thing for all the reasons we just listed. Other people judging us, Mm -hmm. us judging ourselves. And so I think it's important to say if you do find yourself stuck, whether you just feel like you're stuck and you're not, or maybe you really are stuck, Mm -hmm. like having trouble getting through something, turning a habit around, whatever. I think it's important to say, don't let yourself be swallowed up by the shame. That's not going to get you unstuck. That's the animal thrashing around in the barbed wire, getting more and more and more stuck. That's what's happening when you wallow in the shame. Instead, what we all have to do when we're feeling stuck is reach out for help, whether to a counselor or to a friend and get the outside perspective. If necessary, someone with some scissors and wire cutters on the outside of us, we can't always unstuck ourselves 
from the inside. Yeah. I feel like there's kind of a two-step process there. Like one of them is seeking help. Yeah. Maybe even the first part of that process is acceptance. Yeah. Like learning to accept that sometimes we do get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. All of the different coping mechanisms we've talked about Mm -hmm. are really the opposite of acceptance. Either we're going to like overthink it to death. I'm not stuck because I'm still working on this. I'm (laughs) going to solve the problem or the running away. Kind of, No, I'm not stuck. I'm just going for a walk. Both of those, I think, are kind of a denial of the state that we're in. Yes, there are many times, as we've already discussed, where maybe we aren't as stuck as we think we are. Mm -hmm. But there are also probably going to be some times in our lives where we genuinely are stuck. And then we have to come to terms with that. We have to accept, okay, this is where I am. That acceptance has to come before we can have enough awareness to ask for help and to stop thrashing, right? Exactly. Before we recognize that we're just going to keep thrashing about and trying to solve the problem on our own. The acceptance is where we turn the corner from going like, all right, I've got myself in a pit. (laughs) <laughs> or I've got myself in a bit of a mess here. Yeah. Now what? I need to approach that scary human with the wire cutters that is the last place I want to go. Right. Like, that's yeah. the last person I want close yeah, to Because there's shame in that yeah. or having to walk through some sort of process that is yeah. right. going to be maybe a little painful. painful. All of that is very scary. Yeah. But I think about an example. There's a musician, an artist that I love. His name is Porter Robinson. Mm-hmm. And he just released a new album a couple weeks ago. He's probably like in his 20s or something like that. And this guy like burned First on the scene about 10 years ago as like a 15 year old EDM <laughs> producer in his bedroom wow. who just like showed up one day and all of a sudden got huge, like just overnight success. Yeah. Wow. It was like this wonder kind released this album and it sold bazillions of copies. Wow. And then after that, it was like, all right, what's next? Right. And he got stuck. Yeah. And he said, I just had the worst case of writer's block for literally years. Yeah. And this album that he just released was his second album that he's released in his career that yeah. spans wow. now like 10 years. It's only his second album. Wow. He didn't release anything for like seven years. That's crazy. Because he was like, I yeah. don't know how to live up to these expectations that I set. Mm. I it's suffering like, from achievement. Exactly. Hmm. And he was like, I don't know that I'm ever going to release any music again. Wow. Yeah. What he said, the turning point for him was, was acceptance of that fact. Yeah. Oh, wow. When he kind of came to the point of accepting, I may not do this anymore. Wow. Like once he kind of hit that point, he started to be able to create music in a much more free way. Right. It wasn't this like, I have to create something as a response to what everybody wants and needs from me or the expectations that I'm supposed to live up to. I can just create something that I enjoy creating. And that's enough. And there's immense freedom in that. And that I think kind of exemplifies what we're talking about here in terms of acceptance. Mm. I came to this point where I realized there were unrealistic expectations that I had placed on myself that others had placed Mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. And I was thrashing about and just getting myself deeper and deeper into this hole. Mm -hmm. And I had to come to this point of acceptance of going like, you know what? I may never actually meet these expectations that I have for myself or that Mm -hmm. other people have for me. And that's okay. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to make small incremental progress for the sake Mm -hmm. of making progress. And then all of a sudden that opens up a new door into this area of freedom that helps to slowly, very slowly work those bonds loose over a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's important to realize that being stuck isn't something to be avoided like I think that my first instinct mm, is. Same. It's going to happen. You can avoid yeah. all of it, but you're going to be stuck at some point. <laughs> and that's why having those sort of ways to healthily sort of address it is so important. Like acknowledging when you are stuck, mm-hmm. it's not a character flaw that only you have. It happens to everybody. You need a network right. and you need help to get out. Hey guys, I am once again sponsoring this episode and I have another great business opportunity for you to check out. I'm hanging out with Isaac, LLC. I know that now that a lot of people have been vaccinated and certain restrictions are being lifted, there's going to be an expectation to see people again, right? For the extroverts who have been climbing the walls for an entire year, this feels like a dream come true. For the introverts like you and me, not so much. That's why I'm offering I'm Hanging Out with Isaac as a service to all of my fellow introverts. We all know the sweet release, the amazing feeling of having a plan canceled on us, right? That's where I come in. For a small fee, I will make plans with you that you will have the assurance that we absolutely, under no circumstance, will follow through with. We'll send Google Calendar and Outlook invites. We'll create Facebook events to commemorate it. We can even post screenshots of us planning the event. We will always cancel that event. It's the fun anticipation of an event with zero follow through. Only the good stuff. 
And now when you're invited to actual events with real people, you can say, nope, sorry, I'm hanging out with Isaac. And you'll have the assurance that you will not <laughs> have to hang out with me. It's a great thing that helps us both out. Let's do it. More information at real.fm. All right, that just about wraps up our conversation on the word stuck. So how do you even end a podcast? Instead of drawing a blank, we're going to fill one in. Here's our fill in the blank for this episode. One area of life where I felt stuck and am now questioning whether I actually am is. This is good. Mm -hmm. Let me finish the thought because this could initially sound bad. Okay, (laughs) Telling this to my coworkers. But I graduated next to a lot of friends who are very talented. They got very good jobs at Fortune 500 companies being graphic designers and stuff. And <laughs> gross amounts of money. Yeah. Working at a nonprofit, hmm. having my same job that I graduated with in 2016, I have felt stuck in before. Hmm. Not because I didn't like it, but comparing myself to my friends who hmm. are on their fourth, hmm. fifth jobs, buying places in Colorado. And I'm like... <laughs> What are you doing? Like Ladder climbing. Ladder climbing. Yeah. yeah. It was on the same rung you started on. Right. It was only after I realized I want to be here. Mm. Like I'm here because I am choosing to be here. I like this. And yeah. it was kind of reminding myself of that, that I stopped feeling stuck and more just felt like, no, this is the road I want to be on and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that's really good. The one that comes to mind for me immediately is healthy eating and exercise. Mm. This is one that I just always feel like I'm doing terrible at. Basically, it's just kind of a lifelong, you need to do more and try harder and you're not doing it right Mm -hmm. (laughs) narrative in my head. But this is going to sound like a humble brag and I'm not meaning it to, but that was um, kind of the point of the prompt. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So over the pandemic, there's been a lot of articles coming out about how everybody's gained weight and this is like a thing and we've all been super unhealthy and I've actually lost weight over the pandemic and like actually developed some better, I don't know, my workout habits aren't like super duper, but I've maintained some level of working out through the whole thing and made some, yeah, I've made some progress. And like on the days where I'm like, Oh, I ate some ice cream. I'm a terrible human being. Like I need to look back and remember like, no, Mm. there's some progress here. It may not be as much as I would like, but there's progress. You know, I think one thing that's worth pointing out is that progress isn't linear. Yeah. Right? It's not always a smooth oh, a ride point. to the yeah. top, right? Yep. Yeah. There's bumps on the road on yeah. the way. And There's so and we're going to take yeah. steps back. We're going to stumble at times, but mm. that's a part of making progress. Yep. Yeah. And if we aren't willing to stumble occasionally, mm-hmm. we're going to have a hard time even stepping out. Yeah. Yep. I think for me, it's busyness. I feel like one area of my life that I've wanted, uh, desired to make progress in is feeling less busy. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about being less busy, but about feeling less busy and taking a different perspective to Mm -hmm. busyness. That Busyness is not something to seek after. I don't want to focus so much on all the things that I need to do, but rather who I want to be. And sometimes it feels like I'm not making progress in that area Mm -hmm. like I wish I was. Because people ask me how I'm doing. I catch the word in my throat now. it's coming out, yeah. Well, I'm pretty... mm, (laughs) (laughs) Pretty blessed. I'm working on not answering that question that way. No longer busy as an identity. But as I think about mm. that, the fact that I'm catching the word in my throat, yeah. I think is progress. Yeah. I mm. have increased my awareness of this thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the first step mm. towards making more progress in the area is becoming aware of like, hey, this is a thing in my life that I'm not mm-hmm. completely happy or satisfied mm-hmm. with. Yeah. I want to make progress in this area. And identifying that and taking the first baby steps towards that, yeah. like that's the first part of the journey. Yeah. And so yeah. that counts as progress. Good for you. All right, let's go ask Kara to yes. bake some chocolate milk brownies Only Kara. and okay. test these on ice. They better right. not taste like Colgate. No, I promise. Thanks for listening to the Really Real Podcast. Get more content or air your grievances in the Real FM Insider Facebook group at real.fm slash insiders. Did you hear that, Isaac? I promised the people more content. Better get on that. Don't make me look bad. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say, The tornado siren going off or is it just happening?